It's good to be here together again. It's always good to be with God's people. And you know, I like to start with a story. And I was wondering, which story am I going to share with you this morning? Uh, and some stories, you know, in some part of the world, they like stories about mother-in-law. I don't know if they have those kind of stories here as well. Uh, <coughs> but there was a family uh, from Suriname, uh, and they went to Israel. A uh, couple, and the mother-in-law was also with them. So they were in Israel, enjoying the Holy Land. But then suddenly the mother-in-law became ill, and she died right there. And they were wondering, what should we do? Should we take her back to Suriname and bury her there or bury her in Israel? And they start talking to the people. They say, you know, if you bury her here on Wednesday, it's free. You don't have to pay anything. And this guy said, how much will it cost us to take her back to Suriname? They say, well, you know, it's, it's a lot of money, about $9,000 just to take her back. The guy looked at it. He said, I'm taking her back. He said, sir, if you bury her Wednesday, it's free. Why would you want to take her back? Say, no, I'm taking her back. Right? So they decide to take her back. But then, you know, they start asking questions to the guy. Why Do you think it's good to take her back? He said, sir, I don't want to take any chance. I heard that years ago you buried someone here and he came back to life. I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful that we can be in your presence today again as your children. We pray that our time will bring honor and glory to your name. We pray that you will speak to us. And we pray, Lord, that we will experience your presence in our midst today. In Jesus' name, amen. We started a new series on the first epistle of John. So last week was the overview. I was not here, but I really enjoy listening to it online. And we were really encouraged by that. And also, in particular, the encouragement to not just uh, come and hear the messages, but prepare beforehand, study and read. I think that's a great encouragement. You know, people grow in their walk with the Lord, not because they're listening to good sermons alone, but because they work on their own spiritual life. So if it's not become a habit of our own, you can be in the best church, the best speakers in the world, but if you're not doing something on your walk with the Lord, things are not going to happen. Let's read from 1 John 1, verse 1 to 4. That's our message for today. And the theme is the word of life and the divine fellowship. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our own hands concerning the word of life. 
The life was manifested and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father <coughs> and was manifested to us. That's which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. In your notes and outlines, I give a kind of a short introduction or overview to our message today. And it reads, The word of life that was with the Father was revealed to the eyewitnesses of the Christian faith. They saw, touched, handled, and hear it. They received that life. Then they proclaim it. <coughs> sorry. Then they proclaim it so that we also may enjoy the same life and have divine fellowship. This will bring us complete joy. The words which give life is the pre-incarnate, life-giving Christ, the eternal Son of God. Our Christian life, fellowship, and everything rest assured on this revelation. The word of life gives us eternal life and allows us to have fellowship divine and joy unspeakable. Now, in these verses, John is laying a foundation. That is very, very important for our Christian faith. Now in the first place, in verse 1, he speaks about the words of life who was among us, who was here with us. And he... Thank you very much. Thank you. The historical Christ was he with us? And actually, some people believe that John wrote his letter and to encourage the believers and to uh, contradict some of the teachings that were going on in their days. There were people who said, the Lord Jesus Christ was a kind of a superhuman being. You know, he was born, and when he was baptized, Christ came upon him. And then he lived his life on earth. And when he died at the cross, before he died, the Christ left him again. Kind of teaching that's not consistent with scripture. So John is telling us, wait a minute. This historical Christ that we are talking about was God manifested in flesh. God coming to live among us. God as man in the world. And John said, we heard him speaking. And the, 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 the verbal tenses that he's using here in the Greek text are remarkable. It's a form that will tell us that even though something happened in the past, the results are still there. So what he's telling us here that I heard is as it were, I can still hear these very words as if he is speaking to me right now. Hearing Christ has such an impact on John. 
He said, folks, this is serious. I, I hear it and I can still hear him speaking to me. I saw him and the picture is still visible. Uh, this is not a kind of a myth or something that we came up with. People of God, this is real. We saw him, but not only that, we looked upon him, he said. Actually, we investigate him. We inspect him. We make sure this man was real. You remember when Thomas said, I want to see his hands. I want to see it and touch it so I know that this is real. He is telling us that this Christ that we are talking about, this word of life that we are talking about, is real. He was among us. And we saw him. Now the apostle Peter tells us more or less the same thing in other words. In 2 Peter 1.16, we read, Therefore we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitness of his majesty. He said we did not come up with it. It's not something that we suck from our thumb. We saw the majesty when we were there on the mountain. We are talking about something that happened in our world that is real and that is powerful and that changed everything in the history of mankind. Did you know that there have always been people who try to discredit Christianity? And they have been doing that for hundreds of years. And guess what? It's still standing. It's still there. What happened with Christ, the Christ of God when he came, was something that impacted not only those who saw him, but also those who came after. And they want us to know that what they are telling us was real. They can verify it. They can testify to it. It really happened. In 1 Corinthians 5, sorry, 15, verse 5 to 7, we see that there are also witnesses to this resurrection. 1 Corinthians 5, 15, verse 5 to 7 says, you know, after his resurrection, he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. They saw him. There are witnesses, people who saw the risen Christ. And guess what? Today there are people who would come up and say, we discovered documents that prove that Christ never lived or that things did not happen in the way it happened. Sometimes I watch the news. Well, not sometimes. I often watch the news. And then you see reports on other countries. I watch South Africa's news. And then you see what they show about South Africa. And if you have never been to South Africa, you will not... Have an idea what these people are talking about. They give a wrong perspective because they don't give the full picture. 
Sometimes I saw people sharing news when we were in the Netherlands, sharing news about Suriname, about one particular political party, and they show all these old people that were members of that political party, whereas the reality is the majority of young people were supporting that party. So they create a particular impression, a particular view, based on an incorrect presentation of the reality. Do you know the story of uh, a group of, of blind men who they asked to describe an elephant? And they went there touching the elephant. This one said this and said, an elephant is an animal with two tails, you know, one in front, one in the back. And they start describing an, an elephant. The reality is that was only part of what they have touched. You want the full picture of who this Christ is, who this word of life is? Go to the eyewitnesses who were there, who saw him, who touched him, who heard him, and they gave us this, the, the full record of what God wants us to know, and we have it in the Word. John 1 verse 14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We saw him. He dwelt among us. He was right here with us, walking among us, and we saw his glory. So even though we describe him as this man who became flesh, we see more than man in him. We saw glory. We saw glory as of the only son from the father. And he was full of grace and truth. In 2 Peter 1, the first that we read before, and the others, if you continue, you'll see that Peter said the same thing. He said, we heard the Father speaking to him. We heard the voice of the majesty from above saying, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. At a time when Peter thought that it would be great to have uh, built uh, tabernacles for for Christ and Moses and Elijah, so that they can be together. God the Father wanted to be very clear that Moses, Elijah, great servants of God, were not on the same line as the Christ. He said, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. Moses, Elijah were preachers. They announced that he was coming, but he is here. So what you should do is listen to him. Pay your attention to him. In verse 2, we see that this word of life that dwell among us was with the Father. So it is not just that he lived here among us. He came as it were from eternity to us. The word of life was with the Father. John 5 verse 26 for as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. The Son who came to us here was the one that was with the Father and had and have life in himself so that he can also give us life. His life did not start in Bethlehem. He was before Bethlehem. 
He became flesh, he became man, but that was not the beginning. Verse 2 said, And the life was revealed, and we have seen and testified and announced to you the eternal life that was with the Father. It was the life that was with the Father, the life that was in eternity, the life that existed between the divine persons. That life has manifested it, the, the life came here in the word was life John 1 verse 4 tells us and in John 6:33 he came from God to give life to the world he said for the bread of God is he who come down from heaven and gives life to the world he was with the father and he had this life and he came to give this life to us. What is this life? The word of life is the eternal life. John 17 verse 3. I love that verse. John 17 verse 3. And this is eternal life. That they know you the only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is not just a life without end. Because even sinners, if they go to, when they go to hell, will exist without end. At least that's what I believe. Eternal life is the life of God, the life of Christ. And here it says, eternal life is that we may know God. The true God and Jesus Christ. It is the it is. Life with the eternal quality. It is a different kind of life. It's the life that Christ said, I came so that they may have life and have it in abundance. It is a different kind of life than what we are used to. Have you ever tried to interact with a dog? Try to share your deep feelings with a dog? I mean, the dog will try to understand you. But can the dog really understand what we are talking about? The dog does not share the same life as you. You need someone with the same kind of life to understand the deep things that you want to share. And this verse tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ, with this life, came to us. He was with the Father and came to us, lived among us, so that he can give us this life. This is eternal life, that you may know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Without Jesus, there is no life. You know, sometimes people of other religion would want us to talk about religion and see how we can interact together. I mean, there's nothing wrong in, in doing that. Try to know other people. But there's one thing that we cannot leave out of that discussion. And that's the person of the Christ. And often that's what people are not comfortable with. We can talk about God. We can talk about other things. But not about the Christ. And knowing Christ is having eternal life. He is the true God. And eternal life. First John 5.20 said. And we know that the son of God has come. 
and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his son Jesus Christ, he is the true God and eternal life. Without him, there is no life. He is the life that was with the Father and he came and he gave it to us. Why? Why was that life given to us? Why was that life proclaimed to us? Verse 3 says, We have seen and heard, what we have seen and heard we announce to you, so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. I'm, we are proclaiming this so that you may have life. Did you know that the apostolic preaching, the preaching of the early church, was a Christ-centered preaching? In 1 Corinthians, we see that Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 4, Paul proclaimed that. He said, I delivered to you as of first important what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to Scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with Scripture. Peter preached that. Acts 2, 36, he said, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. The message was this Jesus. Earlier before, Peter was afraid. You remember? A little girl came and said, You are one of the followers of Jesus. Jesus. He said, Boo, me, never, 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 never. This same Peter, after Pentecost, when he was in power, he was the one telling the people that God made this Jesus, the Christ, the Jesus that you have crucified. Philip, in the book of Acts 8, 12, and 35, preached the same message. When he was in Samaria, the first read, verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. He preached Christ. And when he met that man on the, the, the Ethiopian eunuch, they said, the first said, 35, then Philip opened his mouth and began with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. The preaching of the early church was a Christ-centered preaching. Now it is important because what is followed is, he said that we, we in verse 3 actually, he, we have this life so that we can have fellowship. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. What is fellowship? Now, even if you'll forget everything I said so far, please remember this. The fellowship of Christians is a fellowship with the Father and with the Son. Fellowship is having things in common with the Father and with the Son. I have a quote there from one of my favorite uh, radio Bible teacher. He's now with the Lord, Fernand McGee. I think it's good to just, re let's read that to see what he said about fellowship. And then we will apply that to our Christian life. Now listen to this. It's a long quote, but I thought it was good. I don't know if you enjoy Shakespeare. I don't. 
But, you know, listen to what, there are some people who are the Shakespeare Fellowship. See what they do. Now, suppose you wanted to know all about Shakespeare because you want to teach that particular subject. You, you would go to Oxford University and attend a particular school specializing in that subject. When you eat, when you sit down at the board, and there you would meet the other men who are studying Shakespeare. And you would meet professor who did the teaching. You would hear them all talking about Shakespeare in a way you've never heard before. You know, while having lunch, while having dinner, while having breakfast, we are talking about whom? About Shakespeare. You would hear many things that would alert you to the fact that you had a lot to learn about Shakespeare. So you would begin to study and pull books off the shelf in the library and go to the lecturers. After you had been at the school for two or three years, they would make you a fellow, finally. I mean, you start enjoying Shakespeare as well. Then when you would go in and sit at a board with other students and professor, you would join right in with them as they talk about the sonnets of Shakespeare. You would have fellowship with them, sharing the things of Shakespeare. Now, fellowship for the believers means that we meet and share the things of Christ. We talk together about the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. That's the kind of fellowship that John is speaking of. Now, if, you, if, we, if we had to do an evaluation of our fellowship as believers today, what would it be? Would people recognize us as a Jesus fellowship or a Christ fellowship or having a defined fellowship? Sharing the things about God when we speak with one another. I must admit that that's not true of me. We talk about the weather. We talk about the exams that are coming at the mayors. We talk about other things. We talk about a lot of things. And it is important to know what's going on in each other's life. But that's what makes us a Christian community, a Christian fellowship, is what we have common in Christ. What we have in Christ, that makes us a Christian community. You know that sometimes in a Christian community like ours, we would not want to have two friends in the community, isn't it? I mean, one is good enough. You know, there are other people, you want one of them in the church, that's good enough. You don't want to have two of them. But that's not what the fellowship is all about. It's not that I enjoy that person. I can interact with that person. That person is easygoing. That person understands me. That's not what fellowship is all about. In his message last week, Mark mentioned the fact that John speaks about our Christian community as a family, isn't it? And family, you don't choose family. You are born into a family. Whether you like it or not, they are your family. Sometimes you don't like them. Sometimes they behave different than you. But whether you like it or not, they are family. Your brother is your brother. Your sister is your sister. Your father is your father. Whether he is nice, whether he doesn't behave, family is family. And the same is true for God's family. We have the life of Christ together. We have this eternal life within us. That makes us a family. That makes us a fellowship. It is Christ that should be the center of who we are as a local church. 
That should make us a fellowship of believers. If you try to follow me and agree with me with ev in everything, I'm sure it will be difficult. I sometimes don't agree with myself. <laughs> and sometimes I'm wondering, how does Irene cope with me for all these years? We that <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that, brother. <laughs> but you know what? Even in that relationship, we have learned that we have Christ as our foundation. That's something that we spoke about in the beginning. Christ should always be the center. We will disagree about things. We will disagree about issues. But we should also let Christ be the Lord in our marriage. And if he wants us to do something, whether one of us appreciate it or not, that's what's going to happen. It's never about me. Never about us. It is about Christ. And John said that is the kind of fellowship that we as believers have. Because we share this life with him. Because we share the life with God. We can understand the things of God. We can be passionate about the things that God is passionate about. We can enjoy the things that God enjoys. And guess what was one of them? The Spirit will come. And the Spirit will do what? Will glorify Christ. The Father spoke to the disciples on the mountaintop. What did he say? This is my son, the beloved. Hear him. They all point to that same person, Christ. And the disciples are telling us, that's also what we should be enjoying together with them. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. And the result will be that there will be joy in our midst. We rejoice. We rejoice. Joy in the Son. Joy in the Father. Joy in our knowing the Father and the Son. And sharing eternal life. Sharing life with them. Joy is not because everybody is on time in church. It will be good. Joy in the church is not because everybody smiles at you. It would be wonderful. Joy in the church is not because everybody is waiting for you to be there and know what's going on in your life. That would be great. These things should be the result of us having Christ as the center. If not, we will not be different than uh, organizations like Lions. Do they have the Lions here also? Or GCI? JC, uh, JCI. Do they have them here? Well, something like that. You know, it's like uh, people coming together, talking about things, helping one another, working for the society, doing good things for community. And they have fellowship. And they are doing good things. The Christian walk and the Christian joy is more than that. It is what we share together in Christ. Let me finish with this quote. A Christ-centered, eternal life sharing and enjoying Christian family 
which is the local church, will be the source of complete joy for all its members. A Christ-centered, Christ at the center, eternal life sharing, that's what we have because we believe in Christ. We are sharing it and enjoying it will be the source of complete joy for all its members. If Christ is at the center, if we are really enjoying life that we receive from him, fellowship with him, it will be a great blessing to each and every one of us. What's the lessons for us? I think there are a few things One of them is that as Christians, it's good to rest our faith securely in the Christ that was revealed to us in Scripture. Nowadays, we hear a lot of things. Books that people found there that tell us that the stories that we read in the Bible are not really true. They discover new Gospels that change the stories all together, guess what? We have eyewitness uh, records. And these people who just saw something somewhere think that they can overthrow what these eyewitnesses saw. And also what they wrote down to us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We have the sure word of prophecy Second Peter say, and we can rest on it. We have the Lord Jesus Christ as the center. He is the center of the Christian faith. And in the midst of our society, oh, sorry, in our society where people focus so much on themselves, me and I, it's good for us to know we are not the center of God's plan. Christ is. At the end, God will bring everything in heaven and earth under one head that is the Christ. We include it. We will be brought under this one Christ. It's not us. Society tells us it's all about you and you and you. And if you are not happy and people are not doing things your way and that's not going your way, just move on. That's our society. But that's not what Christ is telling us. It is about the Christ of God. We are called into fellowship. And as believers, I need encouragement from my fellow believers to encourage me in my walk with Christ, to know Christ better, to help me understand his ways better. Let's have a fellowship that is really a Christian fellowship. And that will bring joy to each and every one of us. Let me ask you to close for us this part of our message, please. In prayer. 